You are listening to the San Antonio Zen Center Dharma Talks. The San Antonio Zen Center is supported solely by donation, so that everyone can participate in our offerings and programs, regardless of income. If you are able, please consider making a donation to SAZC through the donation button on our site, sanantoniozen.org, or by visiting paypal.me slash sanantoniozen. Thank you for your practice and enjoy the talk. suicide, which of course is not your usual topic, and, and everyone said, sure, and because I like to be the teacher. I've always loved his teachings, and um, <clears throat> little did I know how, um, what a profound effect it had on me. Um, he... Um, proceeded to say that, you know, all, <clears throat> all someone needs is a good listener. To just be totally present to that person. Not to uh, say how much you value them and, oh no, you don't want to do this and, but, you know. He said they really just need someone to meet them where they are and just to be with them and what came up for me was um, my father had um, passed away about 25 years ago and I had sat with him the last week before he died and he, um, he, proceeded to, he, he proceeded to tell me that, <clears throat> you know, he wished that his life was ended when he had to have his um, leg amputated because he had a blood clot. And it was... Um, gangrene developed and, and it would have poisoned his whole body. He would have died. And, and um, <clears throat> I convinced him to, you know, have it amputated. And he said that he proceeded to tell me how miserable he was, his life was, and that he wished that he wouldn't have had it cut off and he would have ended his life otherwise because he felt like he was a Marine, and he really felt like he was less of a man. 
I mean, that's just the way he was raised. And, and, um, and he shared this with me, and I immediately came back with why we did it. You know, why I convinced him to have it amputated. And I realized at as the speaker was sharing that I missed a precious time. I missed a precious time because I could have allowed him. My father had not shared that. My father was never vulnerable, never really spoke to me that much, very surface. And um, because my father was an alcoholic and um, that's one of the reasons why he, he, uh, he died early. And, um, but it was this, as if it was an opening to something. And I just really, cut, I didn't meet him. I could have, of course, hindsight, <laughs> you know, it's, it could have been a beautiful, beautiful opportunity for me for him to open up and, and, and share with me during that week that I was with him. Instead of going back to just the surgery, I could have really asked him how, he knew he was going to die. That was another thing. We could have, you know, talked, but you didn't do that, you know? And we, we just, that was uh, something that was very foreign topic. and. Um, so uh, what happened was that led me to um, just the the art of the art of listening, and um, you know, given all the listening that we do, you think we'd really be good at it, right? Well, not so. <laughs> Research shows that we only take in about 25 to 50% of what we hear. You know, for various reasons, we just, um, we are not good listeners. And, and misunderstandings and not being heard and missing key information causes enormous problems today in our society. And if we're going to end the suffering associated with not listening, we need to really take a look and dig deeper to get to the source of this problem. And I um, chose um, the Zen of Listening by um, Rebecca Shafir. And she was, she is a, um, 20-year Zen practitioner, and she's a uh, certified speech-language pathologist, and she's also helped a lot of um, uh, candidates running for office. She's worked with them, and um, just in this this beautiful concept of of, of, of listening. So that's where most of um, I, found, I found my information. So what we are going to be what I'm going to be talking about is mindful listening.
and our author discusses three factors, relaxation, focus, and a desire to learn of, or gain another perspective. This involves becoming aware of our barriers that we've built that become obstacles to effective communication. And of course, since she's got a Zen background, and we all know Zen is a process of undoing rote behaviors rather than learning new, new ones. And Zen helps us to dissolve the habits that are destructive for true effective communication. It requires us to listen with our heart, our body, and our mind. It really requires a, a, change, a change of attitude. And the success of mindful listening is, is due to the simplicity of it. Um, and um, which is, <laughs> I think that it's kind of, you know, we, um, it's very simple and, and all we have to do is, is to apply this, apply this in our everyday life. And I seem to have my pages. That's something I haven't even let my little grandkids were over. <laughs> and they got a hold of it. I said, oh, you don't want to touch it. Well, I you know they had to change things up a little here to make it interesting. <laughs> um, so what, what uh, one of the first steps um, is we want to see our own nature and to be, become aware of the barriers between ourselves and others. To become a good listener. And the awareness of our actions and noting our tendencies to judge others, which is a very significant goal in, of Zen. These barriers can take the form of filters that um, allow only selected words to come through into our consciousness. And um, so we screen out things that we don't, that are maybe less familiar, or that we just don't want to hear. Um, and as I did this, um, uh, research, someone came up to me um, and they were talking to me after an AA meeting and they said, um, in, in the middle of the, you know, and I was, you know, listening and this person said that um, Jesus Christ was her Lord and Savior. Well, it was so good 
I really paid attention because I knew that was my problem, you know? And I know that in the past, I possibly, possibly would have missed what that person said because I, was, I would still be back in that. You know, I would be hung up on that area and things would have, I, I, I just know myself. Whereas now, I had to really look at that and in fact, I probably continued to listen to this person more intently because I was aware of that was my barrier, you know, that type of language. And that goes what back to childhood for me, you know. It was, I think it's a more of a, I think it's more of a Baptist, uh, they use that term, I believe. And, um, so, so I just thought, this is great, great, great opportunities. We have great opportunities to practice this all of the time and to really see the walls that we put up and listening to others that we just, we're missing, we're missing the message. Also, we are not being, um, we are not being as the receiver of what someone is saying. And some barriers are so great that it's almost as we might as well put earplugs in because we, we really don't want to um, allow that person to enter our airspace. For instance, if you are fervently religious or you're co totally committed to a cause, you may be unwilling to open yourself to other, other views or different belief systems. So we might ask ourselves, why shut our ears to this new information? Why do we do that? And is this new information going to um, be a threat to us, to our belief system? You know, we might, we might learn something, you know? What about, we might end up having, are we afraid we're going to have a, cha a change in the way we think? You know, I, um, this was quite a while back, and, and um, Mike Hagee came on, something. So I was turning the channels and I thought, you know, I'm just going to listen to him. Because I, here we go, I've got the, and do you know, I listened to him for a while and he had some really good things to say. There was nothing that, you know, things about love. And, I mean, I was just kind of, because I opened myself to listen to him. I thought that, I thought I was going to be resistant, but I just thought, and also I thought, very good lesson, very good lesson. When we are aware of our obstacles, we are better, obviously, better um, able to deal with them. 
And of course, some of these barriers are, as I said, the barrier for me of hearing this person, that I know came back all the way to my childhood, you know, that language. And some of these barriers, we're really hardwired in some of this stuff, you know. Um, and that's, that's why we have to be very um, aware of our own, what comes out of our mouth, and also being present to someone else. And some of these walls that prevent us from getting messages are status, gender, race, and age prejudice, physical appearance, past experiences, pers your own personal agenda, Focusing on the outcome versus the process. Negative self-talk. Boy, I read that. <laughs> totally got that one. <laughs> and background noise. Now some of these, just as you go through this, you might find that some of these um, are, you can relate to a lot more than, than others. Okay, for example, um, say somebody came up and they started um, talking about, someone got up and they, they started speaking about the, the economy and say, um, so what we, what we do is immediately we observe his or her looks, mannerisms, voice, sex and age, and we immediately put those through our filters. So within seconds, we've made a judgment, you know, about whether we feel like this person is worth listening to or not. According to Indian philosopher Krishnamurti, says to observe without evaluating is the highest form of intelligence. Just to observe. And in um, Stephen Covey's in his commentary in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he calls listening the magical habit. A good listener sees himself as the receiver rather than the taker. He lets the speaker's words and I just, I love this image, of allowing the speaker's words just to flow into you, just to flow into you. The best way to open the mind and clean house of all the, the barriers that we have that sabotage us in our capacity to listen is through meditation. 
it brings us to a level of relaxed awareness and it's actually the first step in harnessing those destructive barriers to listening and as it pertains to listening meditation allows our minds to hear with less distortion for new ideas and points of view. It also improves our attitude and it sets the stage for mindful listening. Calmness, an open mind, and focused attention are the foundation for mindful listening. And she also um, says that, suggests that the Sangha is the best place to a great opportunity to practice listening with, to one another. I found this really very uh, fascinating in her book. Um, because she really brings this up probably through about two-thirds of her book, and she's, she asks, what's their movie? And so when we go to a movie, just, you know, talk about listening. We are front and center <laughs> on listening or what's going on in, in listening to um, the characters. And... Um, Movies have a tremendous impact on us, and if we can approach a listening opportunity with the same um, sense of, we really just kind of let go of ourself, and we just are totally present to what's going on on the screen. Think how much better, how much more we have we could gain if we approached everyone by wanting to listen to their movie. You forget yourself and you get into the shoes of the care of the speaker and your body relaxes. You don't have to get into a listening posture. Uh, posture, it just naturally happens. And I just, I, I thought, that's really true. I'm <laughs> sitting in a movie. I, you know, I could tell, I could really relate to that. And um, so all you have to do is relax and enjoy the adventure. And if you think of somebody, of talking to someone or giving them your full attention, that is really very true. So get to get into the person's movie. According to Albert Mayrabian, the author of Silent Messages, the listener perceives 55% of the meaning of the spoken message through gestures and facial expressions. 30% is interpreted through tone of voice, 
speech rate, rhythm, and emphasis. And words transmit approximately 7% to the message. I thought that was very interesting. In other words, nonverbal cues communicate the bulk of the message. And as I said, she has worked with, um, she herself has worked with a lot of, of um, candidates. And um, Richard Kramer in his book, What It Takes, compares communication styles of various presidential candidates that he worked with. And he speaks highly of Senator Richard Gephardt's ability to get into the movie of the speaker. When Gephardt started to listen, his whole person went into receiver mode. He locked, and I love this, he locked his sky blue eyes on your face, and they didn't wiggle around between your eyes and your mouth. And the guy who walked in the door behind you or the noise that's going on in the corner, he, his attention just remained. He was totally absorbed in this particular person. It was just him and the other person. So that's, again, being the receiver. Mahatma Gandhi describes the rewards of getting into the speaker's movie when he said, three-fourths of the miseries and misunderstandings in the world will disappear if we step in the shoes of our adversaries and understand their viewpoint. I read that and I just thought, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of work to do on that one. <laughs> Three quarters of the miseries and misunderstandings will disappear. You know, and listening is truly, um, it, it's, a, it's a gift to give someone. You know, to be totally absorbed in them and what they're saying. Truly a gift. An inexpensive gift, by the way. You don't have to buy them flowers. You don't just to be just to really become absorbed in in what they're saying. Being aware of their movie. And as you apply the movie mindset to listening situations, you become more and more aware of um, your tendencies to, um, we have a tendency to want to interrupt someone. And um, that was so good for me because I, 
I do that. And it's, it's obviously because I've, I think I've got something to say, something very important to say. And, and, um, and that's one of the top complaints of speakers, uh, is that being interrupted. Uh, first century uh, Buddhist philosopher, Ashvogasha, gives a humorous account of mindful listening. And he says, if we're listening to a friend, even if a parrot flies on their head and perches, perches themselves on the head, don't get excited. You continue to listen to the person. You don't interrupt him. He said you should be able to concentrate so hard that you just tell yourself, no, this, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to remain, I'm going to listen to this person. And he said, afterwards, then you can tell him about the bird. <laughs> when your interest and your concern about what someone is saying just say completely overwhelms any of those barriers and I know that we've all had those moments where we're just totally absorbed um, in what someone says there's a sense of um, there's a f sense of, of flow and there's also a sense of timelessness and that's been my experience. You know, it's just, I am totally, mindfully present to that person who is speaking. And if, as she gives, if you're not familiar, a good, up, a good way to practice um, mindfulness, like with an activity is, you know, the simple, um, just the simple process of washing dishes. Just be um, really aware. Be very mindful of what you are doing. Washing the dishes, just every piece that you're washing. Um, she suggests... Um, taking a simple activity or um, taking orange juice out of your refrigerator and the process of doing that, you know, be until you actually swallow it, going through that whole process. And as she suggests, and I believe it's very true, is, is you'll find that you're, at the end of the day, you're, you will be much more satisfied. Uh, and she said, take a, it's as if 
when you are totally present to somebody, mindful, practice mindful listening that you have, you can have a little vacation from your ego, you know, because you just, it's, it's about abandoning yourself. And, and of course, we find that we are much happier when we're able to do that, when we're able to just forget about ourselves. What do they say? I'm not a lot, but that's what I, all I think about. And you'll also find that as you become more aware of your barriers, you'll also find that you won't have that need to interrupt. You won't have that need to feel like you have to. Your information is so important that you need to share it with them right then. You just allow that person to speak. So again, it's about getting into the other person's movie. Really getting into their movie. And, um, and you will also notice how people are responding to you much better. And I have to say, what's really beautiful through this whole process is she talks, of course, a lot about meditation and how meditation is such a valuable, is so valuable for this process. It, it's just kind of a, a, a foundation for you to get into mindful listening. I found that um, very, very encouraging. The barriers may still pop up in you, um, but as you become, of course, we have, again, all these opportunities. You'll become much more aware of them, and as time goes on, those barriers will just kind of, um, you can let go of them. And also, as you become more mindful of the movies of your speakers, you will become more sensitive to your own words and what comes out of your mouth. You know? What comes out of our mouth? You know? We say a lot of, if you observe you, your own speech and, and sharing, there's a lot of times a lot of mindless things that come out that maybe um, just the awareness of that, that uh, in this whole process of mindful listening, that um, you will be able to um, let go of. One of the benefits uh, we, we have, of course, in, in meditation is that the pausing and, um, and also just to pause even when somebody is speaking to you. It's okay just to, just to pause for a moment. You know, I know a lot of people are very uncomfortable with that. Um, I, I just think it's, I, I think it's wonderful because I, I can relate to that. I think it's, it's a great opportunity to just pause and get myself just to let go. 
understand our true nature and use our intelligence in a more profound and productive way. Let mindful listening be your guide to continuous self-renewal and compassion toward yourself and others. <laughs>